Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> the Bill Murray Cup is angel under a fool. Please welcome a man who uh, is probably the worst father in the world. It's the jury's out. It's Richard Herring. Yeah. Oh. yeah, lovely. Thank you very much. Welcome to uh, to another Edinburgh Fringe podcast. And thank you uh, for keeping the. Audience, nice and small here, to, so it's authentic <laughs> to my fringe experience. <laughs> uh, we're at the Bill Murray Pub, fantastic uh, comedy club in Angel. Do come and they do fantastic shows and a workshop just before I came in. That's very exciting. Anyway, welcome to Richard Herring's uh, LST podcast. It's, it's today. It's the Luther- Lutheran School of Theology podcast. It's a slight. <laughs> Slight change of direction. I, I've got a bit fed up with interviewing comedians and decided uh, that I now believe in that the individual receives the gift of salvation through faith alone. Uh, though <laughs> faith is a gift of God, which means if you don't have it, he doesn't want you to have it and he doesn't want you to be saved, so fuck you all. Uh, that is basically, that's basically the Lutheran school of theology, but we're going to be talking about that at length with our guest. Though I was, 
I was talking to some cool kids wearing Heelys. Remember Heelys? Remember Heelys? You can go scoot around on your heel. Remember those? <laughs> they call it Rallastapa. So that's, it's, you know, it's getting harder to come up with those. So, uh, but uh, weirdly, given this week's guest, uh, I would just, uh, on Thursday, I was watching uh, Gogglebox uh, with my eight-year-old daughter. Uh, I don't think that was necessarily appropriate. And my wife was out doing a gig. Uh, and I've sometimes let my daughter stay up a bit late and we were just watching it on, uh, uh, you know, on uh, all four. Uh, and they started, a show came on where they were discussing uh, the fact that men are buying the wrong size condoms. Uh, and then the, a man showed you how to measure your penis with a piece of string. Uh, I don't know if that was entirely appropriate. I don't know if that makes me a terrible father or whether the fact that I didn't try and explain to her what was going on made me a terrible father. <laughs> she thought that the silly man on the TV was just trying to measure the height of a person and th- she thought it was a r- ridiculous way to do it when you could just measure them with a tape measure. So we sort of got away with it. <laughs> Though she may, be, she may be mentally scarred. Uh, but uh, we don't know. Uh, I, yeah, so we are recording these at, at uh, the Bill Murray uh, and um, putting them out during the Fringe. Uh, you're very lucky people here today. I've, I've given you several gifts worth more than your ticket price <laughs> because uh, I've got too much stuff in my garage and I'm just trying to get rid of, <laughs> rid of it. So thank you to everyone who backed those Kickstarters and paid money for this stuff. But uh, uh, if you feel like on the way out there's a bucket there, you can make a small donation to Scope in return for those gifts if you wish. But I know no one has cash anymore. It's fine. You'll get away. Oh, I don't carry cash. Uh, so anyway, look, we're going to crack straight on because we've got a fabulous uh, guest for you this week. He's probably best known, of course, for his appearance on Nevermind the Full Stops. That's fantastic, <laughs> which I hope to talk to him about. For, I was on that as well, uh, and I've mentioned it before. Will you please welcome the incredible Paul Sinner, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Sinner. Here he comes. He's going to sit here, I think. Am I the right way around? Sit down, Paul. Welcome. I can't work out if I'm the right way around or not. I have no idea. I know, I don't know. I can't work out if I usually sit... I think I usually... I don't know what your no, perspective I do, I do. is. I, I, I usually sit this way around. It feels weird, but maybe it's just because I can touch Paul from this... From this, this. Do you remember appearing on Nevermind the Full Stops? I do. It was... Julian Fellows? Ju- yeah, Julia Fellows. The Oscar-winning Julia Fellows. It was a quiz about grammar. Yeah. And at the time... Hold on. That's oh, me. Jimmy, it's me. It's the crickets come on in my, in my pocket, which is like... <laughs> If you like having sex with insects, that's quite an exciting thing. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I'll, t- I'll turn it off. <laughs> sort of polite, isn't it? I just do that to show people... Please turn off your mobile phone. Tell, <laughs> tell us about Julian Fellows. Um, he's a pompous man, for sure. <laughs> but, but it seemed quite pleasant, and I was just really... At that stage, I'd not been on very many quizzes or game shows on the telly. Yeah. So I was just really excited to be on. And I was actually on against uh, someone called Stuart Lee, who who you may know, and the late David Nobbs and Patricia Hodge. Uh, And in the buzz around at the end, it was just me and Stuart buzzing, 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 (laughs) while uh, Patricia Hodge and David... uh, uh, David Nobbs, Nobbs, yeah. yeah. Sat there going, who are these dicks? (laughs) (laughs) It was was like a school test, though. And I remember he was very... And at the end, we did retakes, and he said something about... Well, Sem- I think semi-cone. the irony being that although I'm meant to be a spectacular pedant, I've never actually given a flying fuck about grammar no. at, at any stage of my life. No, it well, really nor, wasn't me. Nor me, neither. I did. He asked me a question, and I just went, oh, 
fuck off. <laughs> and it, it made the small audience laugh, but I didn't get invited back on Nevermind the Full Stops for some reason. I think it's because... No one they, got invited I back. I don't think they did another series. <laughs> so let's quickly, I mean, not quickly, at some length, talk about your Edinburgh show, because that's what this is all about. What it is, how, is this your, how many Edinburgh 12th, apparently. 12th. I was reminded this morning. It's, right. It's, 12th, blimey. Um, so it's called Paulie Bengali, which, uh, <laughs> uh, which is almost a homage to the fact that last year's title was actually quite good. Yes. Last year's title was called One Sinner Lifetime. Yeah. And this was me stopping halfway through the process of trying to create a title as good as last year's and go, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> so I stopped at Paulie Bengali. And um, it's not about anything in particular. There was a, sto- there was a story running through it. And I don't want to give too much away other no, than to say that the story is genuinely very, very interesting given the state of the entertainment industry and the state of British politics. But, in, but around the story is a lot of stand-up because what I'm trying to do now, especially at this stage of my career where I'm known as the guy who's got Parkinson's, I've been known as that for the last four years, I have no idea how long I'm going to be a stand-up for because I get more tired with every passing year. I just want to go up and do a show that I enjoy and is fun and is uh, and it's the show is less fun than I imagined it was going to be because <laughs> at the end of the day I'm a man with opinions and opinions have got to be made. Yeah. But one thing is not about is pathos. This is not a show feeling sorry for yourself. It's not a show about oh woe is me I'm slowing down. This is a show where I'm taking pot shots, uh, fairly random pot shots at the industry, at the state of the industry, uh, and particularly the state of British politics. Well, that's good. I mean, that's the nice thing about getting older. I think yeah, for when, when you, know, you get to a certain point in your career, you can just go, oh, fuck it. Well, uh, uh, don't yeah. do it to Julian Fellows midway through your career. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at Edinburgh, that's about the age of 30. It? <laughs> it is, I mean, yeah. It's getting younger and younger every year. And I, I went to Edinburgh last year, and I, it's the first time I truly felt old, where I look at comedians and go, you've just got so much boundless enthusiasm for the form. Yeah. And it's making me feel like a very bitter, wizened old creature. <laughs> and, and good luck to them, because the future, is the, you know, the future is the future, and that's the way that entertainment should be. Yeah. Well, you know, we all, we, you know we, I used to do three shows a year in Edinburgh, like, mm. and I did ten days last year of one show, and it practically killed me. So, yes, you, know, we're, you, we're... you made that very clear. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, so it's it's. I think it's 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 all of us are slowing down in one way or another. So it's uh, yeah, it's. Uh... I mean, the, the one thing I will say about my show, other than if you don't, if you genuinely hate left wing comedians, for crying out loud, stay away from my show and go see something more suitable for yourself. But it's got songs, and they're not well. Yes. They're not well sung. Good. And, <laughs> but they're what I've been doing for the last three or four years, ever since the Parkinson's diagnosis. Uh, I, I did a gig, I can't remember where it was, uh, and Vicky Stone, the now uh, Olivia Award-winning uh, songwriter, was doing a gig, and I liked her keyboard because it was light. And I've always wanted to be somebody who played a keyboard on stage. Right. I've always been put off by the fact that it seems like an unwieldy way to make a living. But her keyboard was so light, I thought, no, I'm going to fucking do this. So <laughs> I started doing songs from then, and it's, it's genuinely, to my shock and delight, it's been a success. Good. Uh, I did have what... My first review last year said... <laughs> His singing and his piano playing is terrible. And I thought to myself, I've got a neurological condition. <laughs> Do you have a go at people in the Paralympics for not, for not, for not, throwing, for not throwing a shot put for, for, for someone else? Uh, but the, the other reviews were amazing. Yeah. And I, you, you're always hit by your first review because that's the one that you think is going to set the tone for your fringe. 
And I was kind of depressed by my first oh. view. And then I ended up being under some weird algorithm, according to the British Comedy Guide, the second or third best reviewed show on the fringe. And I'm like, I didn't see that coming from the first review. No. Uh, so fuck him, quite frankly. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's the, that is the, I mean, now the, the, I was talking to the, uh, Alan Davis and Joe Crawford. I was doing a gig with them last night, and, you know, and they were saying, like, in the old days, The Guardian used to have a flat and they would have all the reviewers would stay in the flat yeah. and they would do, you know, 10 reviews a day. And now they, it's all freelance. So, there, you know, there, there aren't the reviewers. Uh, are often just a person, which is fine, but a person on the internet. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's... I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, the reviewers are allowed to think whatever they like. Sh- we shouldn't get hung up no. on them. It was just the specifics <laughs> of being told that I was a bad piano player and a bad singer. And it's like, yes, there are kind of reasons for that. <laughs> How long have you been playing? Have you always played the keyboards? Or well, teenage years, I was right. somebody that uh, played the keyboard quite well. And then I had an ear for learning how to play songs. So, but once I was in medical school, I was the one that always would lead the drunken sing-along, <laughs> okay. at, you know, the usual American Pie, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I'd be in the piano room playing the piano while people sang along. And there was, um, there was uh, a night at 2004 Edinburgh Festival, the last night, where I was on the piano all night at some... I think it might be Ned Byrne or something. It was a rich comedian's party, <laughs> as, as defined by the fact that there was a piano in the yeah, flat. Wow. So good. it might have been Ed Byrne, I can't remember. But I remember playing a sing-along for comedians for quite a while. So I used to be really good. Yeah. And I'm not. I mean, honestly, now, I'm not a good pianist. <laughs> and I'm not a good singer. But that doesn't mean you can't get comedic ideas out. Of that's what I'm trying to do. You're reviewing yourself badly now. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly. <laughs> but honestly, which is good. Well, I think, that, you know, I think that's terrific. I think that's a, it's a great thing to, to branch out and try I, new things. I think it's something you've just got to do. You go, I mean, I'll be, I'll be, I've done a lot of shows at the Edinburgh Festival. And they've all been fairly one note in the sense of delivery and it's just been an hour of a person barking their views and their anecdotes and their stories and deliberately and perhaps cynically mining for pathos and callbacks and, you know, the famous 40-minute bit of sadness and all of that. I've played that game. I can't be asked to play that game anymore. (laughs) I just want to have fun and try stuff that I'll, you know... Without wishing to sound bleak, my time is running out, but I hate the fact that people use it as a headline. Because I don't know what degree my time is running out. It could be five years, it could be ten years for all I know. Mm-hmm. I just know that my time is running out and I just want to throw enough shit at the wall to come out of it and go, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, good. But, you know, it, but it's, a, it's a good lesson for everyone because all of our time is running out. Well, I mean, indeed, yeah. You know, you know, like I had my experience a couple of years ago where I thought I was, I was a goner. Of course, yeah. And, and, it, and it, it sharpens your focus. Yeah. And I think if it sends you, you know, it, it, that sort of thought could send you crazy and it could think, I've got to create a masterwork. I think if it sends you down, I'm going to try something that I would never have normally done. I think that's a... You know, I, I moved to ventriloquism. That was my... <laughs> although, actually, I did that before I was ill, to be fair, so <laughs> I've got no excuse. But, uh, but, you know, it's fun to kind of explore in, a, a new area and see where it goes. And uh, I think it's important to end your career with no regrets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the, Apart the, from the, everyone in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Put yourself up. But, but what's, what's, what struck me as genuinely, unexpectedly amazing was... The show went really... Last year was the big gamble. Yeah. They had the most number of songs, and it went well, and that's fine. You know, I've done it, and it went well. If it doesn't go well this year, so be it. But at least I'll have a fun try. Yeah. And is that... Is it just... I mean, do you tour the shows, presumably, after after Edinburgh? Do you know what? You're not going to. Do you know what? It's hard work touring. It really is. Uh, Especially when you're a corporate whore like me 
who gets better paid award ceremony gigs all the time. It's really hard to go. Do I do a gig for one? What? What? For what? For, for artistic reasons, or do I do a better paid gig for the oil industry? It's <laughs> because people need to know who are the best oil company of the year. They do. Very important for the future, so people can find out whose fault it is. You were the best at being an oil company, and you destroyed the world. Then we can come and get them. It's, for it's, it's something I'm talking about with a degree of honesty this year. Is that I've become through my celebrity on the chase, yeah, something of a go-to person for corporate award ceremonies. Yeah, of course. But especially if the previous year the host told a racist joke. <laughs> You must be getting a lot of work for Because (laughs) suddenly I'm the all-time diversity magic bullet. And instantly salve a company of all its woes and all its guilt. I'm in there. Honestly, the number of times I've been sat in a Zoom meeting uh, and and I've said, who have you had last year? And they've said, well, we can't really say because he used the (laughs) N-word. And it's like, oh, God, and you're booking me now? I mean, you, you really have had a dark night of the soul yeah. where you've decided to go in a different direction. I mean, it's... I, I, honestly, I, I wish I could name names. But I, but I it's don't just know unbelievable anything. anyone, like, you know, if it was ten years ago, I mean, even if it was ten years ago, but if, anyone in this climate, it's sort of... Well, you, yeah, exactly. Would, would, ...would still be doing that. It's, it's unbelievable. And, of course, the oil industry is directly responsible for this climate. But that's yeah, another, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's the end of your... That's the yeah. end of it. That's it, they're over Just up oil. (laughs) But don't upset snooker fans. It's a difficult balance. (laughs) It is a difficult balance. And do you find your audience, you know, as as the TV success, which has been it's been a long term thing now. The the chase. It's been a long time. Yeah, twelve years I've been on the chase. Yeah. Is it is it is it able to see whether that's affected your audience? Do people come not knowing what they're going to get? It's really hard because when somebody doesn't laugh at a joke, you don't want to be arrogant enough to go, well, that's your fault. Because it could be just a shit joke. Um, And so it's hard to jump to conclusions as to why an audience might go one way or another. But I do think that the audience that only come to see me because they're expecting jokes about white suits and Bradley and this, that and the other is dwindling. Right. And (laughs) I'm filtering them out and they are coming to see a self-absorbed narcissistic wittering on about disease and sexuality. (laughs) And uh, my my audience is is becoming the audience are perfectly okay about watching narcissistic wittering on about disease and sexuality. (laughs) It it, it is moulding. But at the same time, there there are bigger issues. And I think that... um, more general and specific issues is the idea of normalising sexuality. Yeah. I think this is a process that's been going on in comedy for a long time now. And I think by being on mainstream TV and being really, really blunt and factual about it on, in live comedy, I do feel sometimes that I'm doing a decent job in normalising... Se- there's one way of normalising, which is to not do any sex jokes and be the clean, lovable, don't-scare-the-horses gay. Yeah. Or there's me. And... <laughs> <laughs> an angry, bitter, sexual animal. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I like the fact that I'm normal... Uh, and, and the fact that I'm married now yes. uh, to Oliver, who I do Celebrity Gogglebox with, has been a massive normalising process uh, for, for me as well, of going, I don't have to explain who I am anymore. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't have to have the introductory, oh, by the way, because people know. People who come to see me know. Yeah, that's good. Well, and yeah, as I say, we, we're big fans of uh, Gogglebox in our... Family, uh, went rightly or wrongly, I haven't introduced the five-year-old to it yet. But it, it, it's, it is a tr- it's a terrific show, and it is 
great the way you 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 get a view into the lives of, of all, I mean of the of the regular people, but also the celebrity ones sort of is fascinating. Well, I think that what me and Oliver have proved more than anything else is that gay couples are not necessarily flamboyant or entertaining. <laughs> It's really nice to see a couple of absolute nerds on your TV. <laughs> but it genuinely is, you know, the quiz thing comes up and you're both, you're yeah. both sort of well, trying the, to come up with the answers to well, that. Well, mysteriously, every week that we've recorded, there's been a quiz or game show <laughs> right. on. Because I think, like, you're kind of thinking, the produ- in a paranoid way, we're kind of thinking the producers go, there's got to be something they could have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I think, you know, I think it's... Because it's so interesting, you know, like, it's interesting to see like famous people but it's interesting to see who their friend is or who their I mean they've got the uh, Liam Gallagher's son with uh, his, the the woman from uh, All Saints they, well, they well what, that was clearly memorable in your yeah. eyes but you know like it's, it's sort of really interesting just to see to see the kids of that marriage and see how much he looks like his, his yeah, dad yeah. And, you know and all those sort of things so it, you know and, and there's some very funny stuff in it I really like, like the Kems. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. hand on heart. I think Mark, the, the relationship that Martin Kemp and Roman Kemp have with each other is really great to watch. They've yeah. clearly been bantering, to, for want of a better word, for a long, long time. And yes. then they know each other's points, if you like. I really yeah. like watching them. Yeah, it's a, no, it's a good show. But I think what do you, what age do you think you should be to watch that show? How was the? What have I have I been a bad dad? Well, you're meant to be a fashionable, trendy dad. <laughs> yeah, so you, you should be proud like? of the fact that you've introduced your daughter to the idea of different condoms coming different sizes. <laughs> I didn't know condoms. I mean, it's a long time since I've had to use a condom due to my withered old penis. Oh. Um, That's I no didn't... way to describe your wife. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I, you, can, you can deal with her now. I'm not... That's, that's, yeah, that, was her, that was him, not me. Um, I, I didn't know they came in different sizes, the condoms. I'm Everybody thinking. comes in different yeah, sizes. Yeah, they do, yeah. But... <laughs> That's a pun on the word come. That's, <laughs> that's the radical new fresh comedy that you can expect from... Well, you might not come if it's too loose, I suppose, because it might put you off. So, you know, if, you, if you've got one that's too big... They were never sized when I was... Only as a joke, you could buy, like, super-sized condoms for a joke. I say this with great love and respect. Yeah. Whatever you get up to and whatever I get up to has no interconnecting point. <laughs> uh, I, I'd like no, to think. I don't... I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that. Let's ask... I want to ask you some emergency questions. I want to try and make sure I don't uh, double up. It was 2019, I think, was the last time you were... Yeah. You were on the show. We were on our last tour, which is... We're about to tour the show again. Do come. RichardHoney.com slash Rahalastapa. Thank you. Um, Lots of... (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Surprise me. Uh, this is a question that AI came up with, but then I realised it is in one of basically in one of the emergency question books. So AI just copied me. Okay. What is the most ludicrous thing you've ever done in the name of love, Paul Sin? Wow. Have you ever done anything? You know, you're quite a logical man. I can't. Do, I, you're I, romantic. I'd be tempted to say this year's Edinburgh. <laughs> I had a That's good fine. run at Edinburgh last year, and I had enjoyed myself. <laughs> and I've gone again because my husband loves Edinburgh. Right. And I, I, I've given him warning that I'm not going next year because it's the Olympics year. So I've got a ready-made excuse. I don't go in Olympics year. But going this year almost feels like an act of love because he absolutely adores Edinburgh. He's actually a, a sort of cult figure at Edinburgh. He, he literally sees more shows than any other human being in the free... I'm not even exaggerating here. He literally sees more shows. So everyone sees him around and goes, oh, yeah. Um, this, this is an act of love. Getting married was a bizarre one because I never yeah. thought I'd ever get married. Uh, it hadn't occurred to me and it hadn't occurred to him. Uh, and trust me when I say you don't grow up gay in the 1980s thinking that one day you're going to destroy 
the hopes and dreams of your mum and dad by forcing them to watch a tacky same-sex marriage. Movie. <laughs> so, so getting getting married was a was a was a mad act of love. Um, well, what was the what was you know? I'm not, was there a, given you didn't a picture? Was it just you didn't picture because you didn't think it could happen? Was it something you you would have loved to have happened? I couldn't or, be asked. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, that's the way p- I would pun be. the pun. Uh, <laughs> more of the fresh sexual pun comedy that you can expect from Paulie Bengali. Um, um, I just couldn't be bothered. And then one Christmas, it just all... I mean, I was pissed, but it just all made sense when I was seeing him playing my nephew and my niece yeah. and seeing how integrated he was in the family. I just thought, well, I might as well. Yeah. And I think part, part, of the, part of the ambition was simply that I wanted to throw a party where I got to choose every song I played. <laughs> it's, it was, it's, it was, it's, sometimes it's just as simple as that, but it yeah. just made sense. Uh, but if we weren't married, it would still make complete sense as well. Yeah. The good thing about marriage is it just makes it difficult to get out of the relationship. Yeah. So, so you, you just sort of go, oh, well, I might as well. Carry. I mean, I think this is more my wife's point of view than mine. I might, <laughs> I might, it just, I'll just wait much for him to die. That, that's the easy way out. He said that many times. And I was steady on. That's a bit on point. Hides my medication. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, well, let's ask. I'll do it. I'll do it. That was good. I'll do you, I'll do you another. I've got, we don't have a proper, t- no, it's going to be, there's going to be an accident here. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, it's a great venue there, Bill Murray, but my goodness, they don't have a small table. Um, <laughs> And I'm furious about it. Can I uh, take that off you? I might win Joker to Fringe. <laughs> yeah, give it a go. Um, uh, if you, I don't think I've asked you this because this is quite a new one. If you could go into a chrysalis, like a caterpillar, and come out as anything you wanted to come out of, what, how would you emerge 
from it. It's a magic chrysalis that can transform you into what would you like to be if you could change like a butter into a butterfly. Um, I was watching. Uh, I didn't think I had a bucket list, right? But I was watching the Wimbledon uh, men's singles final uh, last week. Yeah, and the fact that uh, so many famous people had a free seat at Wimbledon. <laughs> But I think I'd like to come back as Brad Pitt's seat. Okay. <laughs> that is pretty good. Try that, try that joke for the first time. Seems to work. That might, <laughs> that, that might stay in the preview. Today. I did get to... I, when I dated Sally, the actress Sally Phillips. Oh, yes. Her dad uh, was a fantastic tennis player back in the 60s. Oh, okay. uh, and so he's on the Wimbledon. I think he might even got to like be the top guy at Wimbledon at one point. But we got for, like tickets to Wimbledon. For the year, two years that I was nice. going out with her, and still, and I, I finished with her. Imagine that! Imagine having, <laughs> imagine having free tickets to Wimbledon, going. I'm, not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end you it. You clearly hate tennis. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. It was kind of fun. We went to see a couple of. The, I can't even remember who was playing, so I'm not that, not that bothered. I was sitting. I've done this routine a lot, but I was, I was, I, I flirted with Princess Diana. That's how long ago it was, because she was sitting sort of like where you're sitting there, so about t- ten feet away from me. Five feet away from him, and I pulled a face. Did you me. say this to the French police? <laughs> I didn't. I pulled. I just. It was. It was very close to. It was only. She only had a couple more years to live. So I wish I'd, you know, given her one night of pleasure. Before, with my with my small condom. <laughs> small size condom. Please edit that out. I'm still at heart an ITV man. <laughs> Um, I, I, I've learnt from your appearance on Loose Women that you live, uh, talking of my ex-girlfriend, this is quite, not quite my ex-girlfriend, you live on the same street, street as uh, Nadia Sawala. I do, a, although... The sister of my ex-girlfriend. Such is the nature of the street that it's still a good... Uh, it's still a good 10-minute uh, walk, uh, apparently, or one-minute drive, <laughs> which is how I know it. Right. Um, yeah, the, her dad, as you know, is a famous theatre. Yeah. Uh, theatre impresario. Is it impresario? I mean, yeah, he is. He's a fantastic actor as well. And uh, but yeah, he does he does uh, uh, great theatre as well. Yeah. And they live on the same road as us. And in between where we live and where he, they he, they live, is the point where Pickles found the world. Oh, is it the, the World Cup trophy? That's even more. I didn't know that. The, well, I spent a lot of time at that house. And in fact, Julia had a house next door to, I presume, the same house. You've done well, haven't you? Yeah, no, I've done very well. <laughs> did they get you Wimbledon tickets? They didn't get me. Yet. They got me. What did they get me? Anything good? No, I, went, I once went to an auction with Julia and she sort of insisted I keep bidding on something. And so I ended up spending £6,000 on a painting that was, you know, like a little... Uh, water it wasn't called Salvatore Mundi, was it? It wasn't, no. Oh, that's a shame, because that's worth £250 million Yeah, now. I don't think it was worth... Six, I mean, it might have been 3000 It was a lot of money and I had to pay it up. So, you know, that's not as good as going to win. Women, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I've still got it on my wall, though, so I think of her every time I look at it. It was just a, uh, a watercolour. It wasn't even proper paint. <laughs> Apparently, it's a big deal. It's probably, you know, probably, probably be worth lots of money. Now, oh, what I was also interested in, I saw a, I saw a chase question where um, you said that you had to say the colour of the uh, one of the hats of the, the chicken or something in the right trousers. And you said you couldn't... You mean the wrong trousers? The wrong trousers, yeah. That's, I was thinking the right trousers. Always, so it's not, always working. It's not, as good, it's not as good a film, the right trousers. <laughs> it just gets in the right trousers and they go home. Um, that you can't remember, you can't visualise colours. 
Yeah, I can't visualise colours. It's, it's a real pain in the neck and quizzing because there's so many flag questions and yeah. what colour is this and what colour is that. I can see, I'm not colour blind in the things I see, Yeah. but when I'm trying to remember it, I can't remember what colour things are. So when they say what's on the, what colours the flag, the stripes of the flag of Lithuania, I literally have no idea at all, okay. but I can't remember what the flag of Lithuania looks like. So can you, because I've got aphantasia, it turns out, that's something else I discovered during lockdown, uh, and uh, which I can't, I can't form v- visual images of stuff at all. Right, yeah. But so you can, you can see black and white images, can't you, when you visualise, or can you not see anything at all? I, I, it's somewhere in between. Yeah. I, I can't see, I can't visualise very much at all. One of the great excuses for my terrible performances on Taskmaster is I just can't visualise. I've never been an artistic person. I've never no. had even the slightest iota of pictorial skill at yes, all. No- nothing. Well, me too, probably for the same, for the same reason. But it's kind of interesting. But you, might, you know, sure must be, you can remember, if someone says the Lithuania, Lithuania flag is whatever it is, blue, green and yellow, well, then you that. just remember, <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> I'm going to tell you it is. I could picture then, yellow, but I don't need other people to help me out with the other two. I could picture a yellow. Right. But is it red and blue? Don't, <laughs> don't start chipping in with you. We can all guess colours, madam. <laughs> we can all have a fucking crack, can't we? <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't see colour. No. That's, that's quite interesting. Uh, especially if you're a comedy critic right, at Edinburgh. Yeah, that's that's right, yeah. have, so. <laughs> It's good. Well, you know, I, just, I thought you might be a, a, a fellow sufferer of aphantasia, but you're not. Gonna, I don't think it's I'm not quite gonna... as deep as that, but it's no. definitely colours the big, the big yeah. thing. That's, that's, that's right. But apparently, yeah, they're, they're, some people just see a black and white image, so that must be you. But I would have thought, I can still, I still know what colour things yeah. are. I can't picture it. But I, I mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest, people say to me all the time, uh, you must be impossible to beat in a pub quiz. And I'm like, I'm very easy to beat in a pub quiz because I can't answer any of the picture rounds at all. Right. <laughs> Although cynically, it's interesting that I can't recognise female celebrities. But if it's a bloke that I fancy, I could recognise him straight away. <laughs> so there's clearly more to it than just aphantasia. Yeah, just, bored, just boredom of the women's faces, which is fair enough. Fair enough. They are boring. <laughs> boring. They're beautiful, but they're, you know, they're all roughly the same. This is um, why Sally Phillips and uh, Nadia Sawal are always <laughs> in the same auditions. <laughs> it was Julian. Oh, sorry. No, I didn't realise you'd know. <laughs> I, um, is there talking of the fringe? I wanted to ask you: Is there anything you? Is there anything you always do when you're at the fringe? Is there a, is there a, a, a either a place you always go or a or a, a restaurant or an, or something that you always do? Or do you? There's a lot of things I always do. I, I always go to Palmyra at six in the morning at least five times. There's a kebab shop on Nicholson Street called Palmyra that, that is that stays open unfeasibly late. Right. And there's... Uh, we, we don't get that in London, and it's just nice to do it. Um, Dishoom, which yes. is an Indian restaurant in uh, St Andrew's Square, yes. does simply the best breakfasts in Edinburgh, full stop. And it's 20 quid, but it's 20 quid fantastically well spent. Uh, do Other things I always do, uh, wonder where the reviewers are after two weeks, <laughs> with, with, without fail. Have a moan about somebody I think is shit that's got a five-star review somewhere. <laughs> that, that's very much a rite of passage. Uh, um, go, who the fuck are these people when they announce the nominations? <laughs> uh, it's different every year, and if I'm being honest, I do less every... Uh, 2018 was the first year that I went with Parkinson's, although I didn't know I had Parkinson's at the time. Right. Uh, and it was the first time that I felt tired during the run. It was the first time that I wasn't going to millions of shows left, right and centre. It was the first time I was choosing to stay in rather than go out. 
and it was get it was great to get diagnosed since I knew what was going on and I could make 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 further plans. Yeah. But I'm not the human being I was in 2017, which is the last time I turned up to Edinburgh and lived it 110. percent Yeah. And as someone who's been to the Edinburgh Edinburgh Festival a lot lot over the years, you'll know that it changes. I first went in 2001 as part of the big value comedy show. At 25 nights, I got drunk 23 nights out of 25 yeah. and didn't even feel a hangover the next... Didn't even feel anything remotely resembling a hangover the next day. Now, if I get drunk once, it's three days before, I'm back, before I feel back, back, back to normal again. Of Age, the passing of the years, the, the, the expansion of the Edinburgh Fringe into something genuinely massive whereas before you used to be able to meet the same people again and again and again and bump into them. Now it's, you, you can have your best friend there. You don't see them for the entire month. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, a, massive, it's a massive thing, and you have to pace yourself. That, yeah. That's the way it is. But I think if there's one thing that I do every year is take friends to breakfast at the shoe. That's, that's a nice idea. That's good. I found, you know, I've just found... Every, I think the constant thing for me is there's at least... In every one, I think, there's at least a couple of days and sometimes quite a lot longer than that where I'm just actually depressed like properly miserable do, do, if you're do... not you're not doing it right <laughs> okay, I mean, good. good to know people say to me uh, uh why do you know you don't do a shorter run yeah i want to suffer i love the ma- <laughs> I, i don't feel you're truly part of the gang unless you're feeling depressed and you're you're suffering and for me a full run is part of the masochism of doing the fringe i want to do 20 it's a really weird thing edinburgh because it's obviously too long yeah but anything less than that is not long enough There's, there's no correct answer to how long a fringe festival should be. And if I turned up and only did two weeks, I'd hate to, li- I'd hate to leave. And so I'd choose the masochism option of being there every, every single day of the fringe. That's how I do the fringe. And if it's a failure, so be it. Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, that it, is, it is a very mentally arduous month and comedians are quite brittle and breakable. Uh, and yet everyone sort of still manages to get... I mean, I think there is a masochism element in it, probably for everyone. They all basically get through it, it seems. Yeah, you know, can you don't... imagine getting through the arduous process of an hour's work every day? <laughs> it's, it's not that. It's, you know, but it is... It is, it is a, it's a, it, because you're worried about ticket sales, you're worried about the money yeah, you're losing, become, yeah, you're worried about other people getting better reviews, you're worried about other people getting a better career. So it's, you know, you're constantly in your... Because you're in, your, in this little bubble of your own show, you are, you know, you, I think it's, there's a lot of pressure on there. On, it on does, no, in, in all honesty, it does become all-consuming. Uh, and, it, and, it's, and it's tough, but you've got to remember that it's... Although it is tough, it is an amazing city, it is an amazing festival, it is a genuine privilege to be there. And every person who's, on a, who's paid money to watch you do your thing, wanging on about whatever it is that you're interested in for an hour, these, these people fund, fund your life and should be treasured uh, as the people that took a chance on you. There are so many positives at the Edinburgh Festival yeah. that people forget about because of the negatives. The negatives won't ever go away. It's corrupt, it's badly run, it's too big, it's too expensive. The hotel... You know, I looked the other day to find out what... If I wanted to get a hotel on Wednesday, August the 16th, what the cheapest room I could get. £338 in an Ibis Styles hotel. <laughs> no, none of the things that are wrong with the Edinburgh Festival will ever, ever improve. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, nobody's got... Too many people are making money from it for it to ever get better. Once you accept that fact go in to try and make the best that you can of the, of, of the festival. And I'm really, really lucky to have a husband who loves comedy. And therefore, for us, it's in many ways our big 
month away as husband and husband. Yeah. It, 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 we're living the festival. If I was still single, I'm not sure I'd ever do it again. <laughs> it's a good place to meet people, though. True. You are single. I mean, not for probably long-term relationships, though. No. <laughs> but, you know, for 30 short-term relationships, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty good. I, I, I do recommend, if you're batting for my team, that Carlton Hill is a very good place for extremely short-term relationships. <laughs> Well, I wish I'd known that before, because it's been Edinburgh's where I've been sad and lonely enough to, <laughs> to consider that. So, uh... <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> just, the, just the touch Great of Great advert for the thing. Edinburgh Festival. <laughs> Edinburgh Festival, you could actually reverse your entire sexuality. <laughs> Not the entire one. Um, <laughs> always been a bit in there. Um, and, uh, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> a little bit in there. Um, Hey, uh, this, if we can talk about the Parkinson's briefly, I know we talked about it about it last time, and I know you talk about it all the time. A, are, are you? Is it annoying to have to talk about it all the time? No, it's, it's not. It's not annoying. In fact, I'd rather people knew about it. Yeah. But so no, honestly, the, no, the number of times I've seen somebody make a random attack on me on Twitter that's gone, he never smiles. <laughs> he seems so miserable. It's not my fault. I am not a miserable person. The muscles of my face are slowly tightening, and one day I'll never smile again. I want yeah. people to know that. I'm not a miserable person. I'm a, I'm a happy a person who still very much embraces and enjoys life. Yeah. It doesn't always show on my face, and that is not my fault. No, good. So I, 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 I like to be a spokesperson and talk about it. Yeah. I mean, because the, th- the thing, having gone through something again where you decide is, is this going to be a public or a private thing you know so like when i had cancer I, my wife was saying well think about it carefully if you're going to talk about it because if you talk about it it's out it's out there and then you know and then it's open season was there any point where you thought i mean it was it was it would it even been it probably wouldn't have been possible right to, to well it was keep it, to, it, was, keep it, it for a it while it was possible but there's this voice in your head going this is the one thing you've got over Ramesh ranganathan <laughs> uh Ma- maximise what you've got. Uh, and and the, that's a joke, but <laughs> the more cynical thing is I wanted to be part of the conversation because yeah. then I'd be close, then I'd be physically closer to new medications, new treatment, new research. So I wanted to be in the, in the heart of that and not uh, slink off into the distance. Yeah. So there, that, that was very much part of the idea of being a public spokesperson is being part of the conversation. And what is happening in terms of medic? Are there advances in the medication? Is there sort of there is are, there hope there for? There's no hope. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no hope, but there are things that they're in the pipeline that may slow things down. But yeah. I'm very much aware that I'm in the early stages of my, and I don't want to get in the way of people who are further along. So I'm in the early stages of my disease process, and I don't feel that I need to be thinking about revolutionary new treatments or new concepts. That's for when I decline. Yeah. Uh, right now, I want those the, the, those sort of uh, processes and research and development to be available to people who are further down the line that need it a lot more than I do. Right. Yeah, it's fair enough. But, you know, it, it is... I mean, like that's why you're on Loose Women, wasn't it? Because you were talking about Parkinson's disease. So, you know, it, you, you, you end up getting, you know, getting a, a public platform because of who you are to talk, to talk about something that, that's, you know, I think needs talking about. People are... Barely, and you never know what can come of it now. Because, because I've been on Loose Women, I've now been on Loose Men. Right. Uh, when I was on Loose Men, I was sat next to Tommy Fury, Tyson Fury's uh, half-brother, uh, the YouTube personality, Love Island star, and boxing champion. And that was literally the most erotic 30 minutes of my life. Well, I, I didn't get that impression. The, the, the word unrequited is in the dictionary for a reason. 
Uh, and the chase carries on. There's Beat the Chasers, which I've not been invited on. Now, I read a statistic that I was the equal highest scoring... If I'd known I was this close, I'd have answered a few more questions. When it's by statistic, do you mean your diary? No, I mean, I saw online, me and Jonathan Ross have answered the most questions... You were very good on it. Yeah, on on the chase. But I haven't been invited on Beat the Chasers, so is that because the chasers are all scared of me? (laughs) I can say hand on heart, no. (laughs) Not only hand on heart, no, but we need clever celebrities. Yeah, right. <laughs> you may or may not know this, but they use Sean Williamson as the guy to bring on if they need someone to win. Right. Yeah. Because he's that good at quizzing. Yeah. Uh, it's just, if you, if you ask, I'm sure you'll... If you make, if you make yourself more uh, noticeably available, I, I'll, I'll let Helen, our producer, know. <laughs> okay. she's, a very, she's, a, she's actually a very big fan of yours. She, well, no, it was, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I think I'd been on it by the time we last talked. I must have... Must have Recorded it before lockdown, anyway. Maybe it was, but it went out at Christmas, didn't it? You were certainly smashing that buzzer. Yeah, you did really well. Yeah, it was. I I really love it as a format. I think it's because and and to play it, I think it's. It was genuinely. I was was talking to Sarah Millican about this uh, in which what will be a future podcast. Uh, You know, because yeah, every it's three different games really. So and so each one is very and that decision about whether you're gonna go for the big amount or the medium amount or the small amount is actually. It's really difficult. Well, all I would say is go, don't go for the smaller amount. It's no. celebrity chase. There's literally no chance <laughs> that the questions are going to come up and you know so few of them that you're going to go out unless you take the smaller amount. That's, yeah. a, that's the, the one thing I'd say. Take whatever makes you feel good, but don't obsess about it too much because it's like all TV quiz shows, it's down to luck more than anything yeah. else. Uh, and that's, that goes for us when we lose and when we win. It's just sometimes it's just mishearing a question or, or a question that you thought you knew or you didn't know or you over classically overthought. Yeah, uh, expected that to be a trick when there was no trick. So yeah, just go and enjoy yourself. Yeah, it's difficult. I don't I don't know if I would enjoy doing it again because I did. It was, um, you know, but it's also a quiz where you can do that middle round like I did. I got eighty nine thousand pounds. Now, luckily, we did win, but you could you could you know you could eighty nine round of applause. You go could on. win that. We won £150,000 between three of us, so we all won £50,000 for our charity. Which is and who incredible. got the most questions right? I think it was me. Yeah, good. Uh, and, I, and I also left a lot for the football girl, because I thought she'd get them right. The football and she, girl. And she, I, I had this... I can't remember her name. I, last time I had Ben Walker at the back shouting it out for me, but uh, I can't remember her name now, even though I did this in, in the future for people listening at home. <laughs> so look out for that. You're going to enjoy that when it happens again. Uh, but... I, I left them for her, the sports ones for her, and then she got loads of them wrong. So I could have, I could have, if I'd known I was in the frame to be the get the most right ever. But I, that's, kind of, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of cruel to you know to you could get that huge amount of money and then just not win it. So you're sort of you got to do these three stages. It's, As I said, don't good. obsess about it. I mean, I, I obsess about everything. I obsess about everything. Um, is there is there is there more? Did you get invited on the other the other kind of quiz shows very much, or is it is it is it something that I've you're... done? I've done celebrity tipping point and celebrity catchphrase, right? But in general, I mean, that's because they're ITV shows. Yeah. In general, we're not allowed to take part in what we consider to be they okay. consider to be rivals. But then, if you, you know, if I turned up at Tipping Point and you were one of the other contestants, I'd be pretty fucking annoyed that <laughs> I was doing that because <laughs> you def- you won Tipping Point. Which right? bit of don't obsess about it? <laughs> I mean, it's nice to win, though, you know. But also, it's a you, you're right. It'd be nice if they gave you a bit more money to do them. But you you, you win money for charity, so that's isn't it? Nice. <laughs> it's nice, nice to do that, isn't it? So you want to win? You want to win it? 
Yeah, the charity thing is the big thing. It's not about. It's not it's about. It's not about that. So uh, when ma- celebrity mastermind, which I don't obsess about at all. No, um, <laughs> I, I do. I do read your blog. <laughs> they they pay you the same regardless. I mean, they pay the charity the same regardless. In fact, don't, you don't get paid at all for doing celebrity mastermind. No, no. And you still did it. I did it. Two weeks of fucking revising, fucking Rasputin, learning to phonetically say words that I couldn't in a foreign language that I couldn't speak. It's only one song. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I'm I'm gonna. The song is quite historically inaccurate. (laughs) You're kidding me. (laughs) To the Moscow chicks, he was such a lovely dear. Nope. <laughs> Didn't he hardly went to Moscow? Uh, he did dance on the table in Moscow. I think that's where he did that. But still remember quite a lot of it. Um, I learned this: the street that Rasputin was born on it had this like five hundred syllable name, uh, and I got it. I had to stop and then re- remember it phonetically. And then John Simpson, whoever it was, <laughs> my memory's great. I'm going to be terrible at quiz shows now. I can't remember. I think his name was John Humphreys. John Humphreys. John Humphreys said, "Oh, you could have just said the street the pea sellers." <laughs> yeah, I just given the English name for it, which I didn't know, so I was quite annoyed. Just, I'm, you know, I'm not obsessing over it though. <sighs> this is an AI question. Just, th- you know, this is more of a general knowledge question for you. What would happen if you put a cat in a washing machine and turned it on, Paul? <laughs> that's what. That's the AI came up with that question. You'd probably lose your career as a uh, yeah, very much but as a quizzer. But I'm getting a big TikTok audience. So, yeah. <laughs> every cloud, every cloud. Now, you're a big sports fan, I know. Mm-hmm. Were, were, you a, were you sporty at all? I have a question about sports days at school. Oh, it's terrible. In fact, sports days, athletics was the single sport that I had literally no talent at whatsoever. Right. I had a modicum of something at everything else, but right. athletics, no. I, didn't have the, I was born with crap lungs and poor vital capacity, but not so poor that I could call it an illness and make it glamorous. Yeah. I was just unfit as, <laughs> as, as, as a kid. Uh, but as was I. So um, I understand that. There was, I, I, I had puberty about two years earlier than everyone else. So it was two years when I had the illusion of being quite good at sport. Right. But, but after two years when everyone caught up, that was it for me. Uh, I was always all right at cricket. Yeah, I was going to ask about uh, And I was all a good pool slash snooker player. Well, I got a highest break of 32 on a full-size table. Well, not bad. Uh, which is odd because I've got such little hand-eye coordination. Uh, <laughs> and you can't uh, see colours. Oh, no, you, you can see you can see him, you can't imagine. But if you had to sit in a mat, if you had to play blindfold, you'd be terrible, I reckon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't a sports... Um, apart from athletics, I wasn't terrible at sport, but no. I was not good at sport either. Right. But you still... You, you are, you're, you're, you're an avid viewer of sport. I, Less so since the really, pandemic. There's really. been, definitely been a change since the pandemic. At this point, I'd like to say, anyone who didn't change after the pandemic, <laughs> what's wrong with you? We, it was the biggest thing in our lives. Um... The thing that changed after the pandemic was I had a bad one. I, I, I nearly died very early on. I lost a friend in the first couple of weeks. I had a bad pandemic. Uh, and afterwards, I just found it tiring to pour so much emotion into what other people that you don't know and will never meet are doing mm. that I became less of an obsessive sports fan and more of a sports follower. OK. I didn't, I didn't lose... lose uh, this, part of this comes from being a Liverpool football club fan. <laughs> <laughs> where, I, where whether they have a level of success or not, I kind of just stopped caring about. Because two days, Liverpool last won the Champions League two days after I was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And I sat and watched the game and I couldn't bring myself to give a shit about any of it. And it taught me that some things in life are just 
more important. And so I love sport and I follow it, but it doesn't give me the highs of emotion that it used to. Yeah. And that's just because my friends and family do more than the, 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 the behaviour of strangers. It's as, it's as simple as that. Sure. That said, come on, rain, stop in old traffic. <laughs> well, they might be back playing now. I don't know if that's if my phone had stayed on, we could have uh, <laughs> we could have found, <laughs> found out what happened. It's weird today. I was I stayed in Ealing last night, so I was doing a gig in Ealing, and there was just like uh, you know one of those stickers on the floor saying "Keep maintain the so, you know like this." It stayed from the pandemic. Was still stuck to the floor yeah. as you walked down the street. And it was. I had a real kind of flashback, sort of PTSD kind of like oh god. So it's sort of weird. I think we haven't, none of us have processed, even if nothing really terrible happened, I think none of us have really processed that kind of weird two years. Along with 9-11, the oddest thing in our lives. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard, hard to process. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry I didn't say anything funny there. <laughs> Quite depressing. Um, are you a fan of cheese? Well, I've got an opinion on cheese. Yeah. I absolutely love cheese. Yeah. There is a single cheese I don't like. But don't have it after dessert. You're already absolutely full. Uh, so I'm a, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a corporate shill, as I said. The number of times I'm staring at a plate of cheese going, I can't eat any of this. I'm absolutely full. If, you've got, if you're hungry enough to have a plate of cheese after three courses, <laughs> that dinner has failed at every level. But that's not been enough food. Yeah. So I like cheese in and of itself. Okay. As opposed to as a plate at the end of a meal. What's the worst cheese that you do? You like all of them? Is there a cheese that is the, well, I, the question? Is what's the worst cheese that you'd still be prepared to eat? But if you like all cheese, it's all I right. like all cheese, but I've never had Casumarza, which okay. is the uh, the one with the maggots from Sicily. Oh yeah, would you be prepared to? Try no, that? I couldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't even be in the same room as a maggot, let alone imbibe it. Oh really? Have you got a? Is it? Well, they're not very nice. Is it just that, no, or is there exactly a... it? That's, they're not very nice. Yeah. And they, they'd eat, they would eat, they'd eat you if they got a chance, Paul. Just, I'm letting you know. They're not going to get a chance. <laughs> they, might, they might do. Don't, don't fall asleep with a maggot on you. That's all I'm saying. It'll have a go. <laughs> just, it's just advice. I haven't... Usually, usually, the, Confucius. <laughs> usually in the Edinburgh Fringe podcast, my main advice is about women not putting lollipops, ice lollies in their vaginas. That's what happens every August is there's news stories about putting don't put. That's because there's not much happens in the news. So every August, there'll be at least one news story about women oh, are warned mean, not you, to put ice lollies the in their vaginal passages. Do you mean actually made of ice or do soleros and feasts and things? I think, I've, you know, I, I, I don't. It's a good question, and I, I love a Solero, and, you know, I'm trying to work out whether that would improve or the Solero or make it worse. This is very much me. your field of expertise. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, you can stuff one up a man's bum and then eat it, and I'll stuff one up a lady's vagina and eat it, and we'll have a competition. As, as, as I may have mentioned before, the Venn diagram of what you get up to and what I get up to has very little intersection. <laughs> Uh, I think me and Ollie do not do that. Okay, we, fair we, enough. We, so you don't put Solaris up each other's bottoms? What no. You, what was the point of getting married? <laughs> I'd consider a mini milk. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, Solaris, I, I would say to women, the women, a lot of women listen to this podcast, Paul, whatever you've heard. Um, <laughs> I would say don't, don't put any ice. Taking notes. Ice, don't take any ice products inside yourself in that area. It's not right... It won't, it won't cool you down. It's good if that's we're what serving a health purpose yeah, as well. Nice. As... 
So I think I should put that in this podcast because it, it won't go in any of the others. <laughs> uh, and I, I, mean, I, every year I fear a woman will do it and regret it. But I think talking about this much, there'll be at least a couple of women going, I'm going to give that a go. <laughs> so, I want to find out why I'm not allowed to do it. Have you uh, any statistical evidence based on other podcasts and other advice you've given? <laughs> as well, this is what women listen to for life, lifestyle gurus. I haven't. No, 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 only men really contact me. <laughs> I can tell you that, uh, like, about five, about five, I have a result of having talked about testicular cancer. About five men have gone to their doctor and discovered they've got testicular cancer. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. I suppose it's a good thing. It's really quite straightforward. It's a good thing. It's a good thing they've gone. But, you know, it was nice to live in ignorance, isn't it? <laughs> they've had and to have indeed, a, be, die in ignorance. Because of me, they've had to have a testicle removed. So, you know, it's not, that's not a great obituary, is it? He's <laughs> caused five men. They would have quite happily died with both testicles. <laughs> it may be too early in the afternoon for this, uh, this level of stuff. Um, let, I'll, ask you, I'll ask you a merged question, then I'm going to ask you if, if you're up to anything else after Edinburgh. Um, yeah. Um, if you had to have sex with a TV or film snowman... Or, so or many woman. to choose from. If you, which famous snowman or woman would you have sex with and how would you guard against genital frostbite? <laughs> it's, it all links together. It's very carefully planned, this podcast. It all, it all links together. It's mainly about frozen genitals. It's mainly what we're interested in. Well, obviously, Olaf is the only one I can name. Um, and also, it's Disney, so they'll, they'll allow it to happen. <laughs> it's very much Can part I, of Disney's brand these days. If I asked you what colour is Olaf the Snowman, would you be able to tell me? I think he's white. He is white, yeah. Well done. <laughs> so, you know, it's just... Which, is, which, another, choose, which another big thing? What, which co- what colour is the snowman in the snowman? He's also white. Yeah. Quite racist, isn't it? The whole snowman. Yeah. The whole snowman. <laughs> don't see many Asian snowmen, do you? You don't, and we're not going to go there so <laughs> <laughs> On the Japanese island of Hokkaido, you can find uh, okay. snowmen, but that's the most northern part of Asia I could think of other than <laughs> Russia. Uh, snow, uh, snow monkeys um, is Hokkaido. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's good. We're both wittering. It's fine. It's, it, this is part of the beauty of the Edinburgh Fringe version of this podcast. And as, as, a, as regards frostbite, I got a lot of tips on the protective condoms from a recent episode of Celebrity Gogglebox. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, um, Prince Harry got frostbite of the, of the penis, didn't he? I wasn't there. I, I, uh, <laughs> he writes about it in his book. I, I, I have no inside I heard, information. Uh, I heard Alison Spittle talking about it. I'm going to ask oh. her how to... She, she had... He, 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 I'll tell he you put who, something on it. He put some, like... I'll tell you who will cos- Cosmetics on it. Dan Wooten. Ask him. OK. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's got a contact that knows Prince William and yeah. uh, gives him all the information, so he'll okay. know. So he, he, <laughs> it's a nice good. chap. Also, we, we could just listen to, or buy the book, but, you know, I'm not going to. Um... What's coming up? What's coming up in after Edinburgh? Have you got have you got plans? Bloody hell, probably. Um, I, I don't know. I'm going to Torre Molinos for the uh, World Quizzing Challenge in November. Uh, I'm at the age where um, people I know are celebrating, are celebrating 50th birthdays, and right. that's really really annoying to <laughs> lose a weekend, especially when you don't know them that well. 
<laughs> uh, on that note, a friend of mine's getting married in September, and I've got no no option but to turn up. So, <laughs> so losing. Um, I suppose the big one really is I'm hoping to go to Calcutta in February as a holiday with my husband, yes. who's never been to India. Right. Uh, and so I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about because the frisson of excitement as to whether my dad's telling the truth when he says to me, oh, none of the family care about you being gay, will be, will be an interesting <laughs> thing to experience in, in reality. I shall blame my dad if we're chased out of the country with people with pitchforks. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be really exciting. Because Calcutta is an amazing city, but not a classic holiday city. There aren't amazing sites to see, but there's a life and a vibrancy and a, a great food uh, and, a, and, and a just genuine life that Ollie, my husband, will really really love so that's the thing that i'd really like to nail is going to calcutta in february terrific good well that's something to look forward to now tell us where your edinburgh show is on and what time it's on uh it's on at five forty. nice uh and it's on at the Newtown theater which Lovely. is the masonic hall on george street last year i did a 200 seater and they offered me the 400 seater main room and even though i've got literally no hope whatsoever of selling 400 seats on any particular night <laughs> i decided why not give it a go just once in your life. So yeah. I'm in a ludicrously large room uh, every day um, for uh, from August 2nd with one of those days off somewhere. But yeah. every night. Brilliant. Uh, what I will say is if you're thinking of when to get tickets because you're worried that it will sell out... It simply won't. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that I think that's quite that's a good time. Although it's become very much like an evening city, an evening festival. I think it's much harder to do the daytime. Five forty is people can finish work and then come and see you just about if they're within ten minutes of the venue. But uh, but yeah, it, it, that's a sort of interesting time. But also equally, it's not too. There aren't like you know eight o'clock. Everything's on eight o'clock. Indeed, but everything's on a. Fu- I mean, it doesn't really matter what time you choose now. There are a whole mountain of great shows that are on at exactly the same time as you. Yeah. I like 5.40 because afterwards I can get as drunk as I like and still have time to sober up the following day. Yeah. So I think 5.40 is, is a good time for me. Cool. Well, buy tickets to see Paul. I, I'm, I guarantee the songs I've heard are fantastic. And uh, there are genuine surprises and real random pot shots. <laughs> but I don't want to give anything away. Don't give it. Come and see the show. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. The amazing Paul Sinai! <laughs> Thank you very much for coming. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Paul Sinner. Thank you to Scant Regard for playing this music. I'm indebted to George, the incompetent sound man, and also, of course, Chris Evans, not that one, and Ben Evans, and also Kathleen McKeegan, and the Rahalastapa, rahalastapa.com website, and everyone at the Bill Murray Pub as well. Thank you for having us. This is the Sky Potato Fuzz and Go Faster Stripe.com production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love, and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash Ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.